Welcome to Fearlessly Made You. I am your host, Christy Tobias. Joining me today are guests just striving to dominate in their personal and professional lives while answering the question, what does it mean to be fearlessly made? Welcome back to Fearlessly Made You. I am your host, Christy Tobias. Fearlessly Made You, for those of you that are new to our podcast and to our show, has been based on the spinoff of my book, Fearlessly Made You, which is about my journey with post-traumatic stress disorder um, and really the conversation around how do we own our fearless existence without letting fear own us. It doesn't mean that we're not without fear. It just means that we don't allow fear to own the journey that we're taking. One of the things that I love about Fearlessly Made You is that I get the opportunity to bring on some amazing people um, and guests who really inspire me. They are people that I admire throughout the community and throughout my life. And in that inspirational group of people, um, I am so excited and privileged to have one of my dear friends, Nikki miller Kaw. So Nikki miller Kaw and I go back, I was counting this, uh, over a decade. <laughs> Like we go back over a decade, back to my days when I grew up in North Carolina. And so Nikki actually is one of the people that um, truly is so near and dear to my heart because one of the things I love in life is food. <laughs> And Nikki embodies just the beauty and expertise around food. She is a former executive producer and host of her own TV show. She is an associate editor at foodandwine.com. And she's a member of the James Beard Foundation Restaurant and Chef Committee. On top of that, she's a world traveler, an amazing pizza lover, just like I am. So without further ado, I am excited to bring onto the show a dear friend, someone who truly embodies the fearlessly made you journey, Nikki Miller-Cott. Nikki, welcome to Fearlessly Made You. Hi. How are you, my friend? I am so happy to be invited and to actually be here. And I'm doing great. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> I love, so the thing that I, I do love uh, about Nikki too is her energy is infectious. You can feel it just coming off. Like we we're virtually together, but you can feel that energy in everything she does. Um, and she, again, has been just one of those people who have brought joy to my life. So Nikki, I would love for people to know just so much more about you and your journey. You know, we started talking about, you know, love for food. Um, and I feel like you just from the time that we've met, I think we've shared that together. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are in your journey so our Fearlessly Made You crew can get to know you? So I am, I'm a lot of things. <laughs> um, I uh, tell people, so I live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, I wasn't born here, but I was bred here. Lots of bread. I eat it all the time. <laughs> Same. Um, I, yes. I'm actually Winston-Salem's first food blogger. Yes. Um, none before, many after, but I am the best. Yes. And let's hold um, on that too, because I want everyone to get full appreciation. Winston-Salem, North Carolina's first food blogger. Like we need to have full appreciation for that. And I will say this bluntly, and I feel like you'll be totally fine with this. I think not only first food blogger, but also as a black woman in the food industry and someone who's owning that journey in the food industry, I think there's something beautiful to be said about that too. So I'm always going to push that as well as a reminder for people of like, being in an industry probably where there aren't, you probably don't see a lot of you. You may see some of you behind the, the scenes, but seeing someone like you owning it, like I just, yeah. I'm so excited to talk about that too. But go ahead, continue. But I just had to <laughs> bug that. <laughs> so I, um, I 
have always wanted to be a food writer. That was my main goal in life, pretty much. And the way to get there was through food. I love food. Absolutely. I um, have always wanted to be a journalist, writer, something in the communication space, even if it was like a radio DJ or something like that. As long as I was communicating things to people, that's how I want to do it. And doing it through food, it's like the best. And so my journey has been, I feel like long and varied. Um, my foundation is really solid. That was really important to me yep. um, going up and trying to get up into the food world. But again, I live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. It is not a food center of the U.S. It's right. New York or Miami or L.A. or Seattle. It's Winston-Salem. Which is home of the Krispy Kreme donut and Texas Pete hot sauce. Let's be very clear. Those are two very important items in life. Krispy Kreme donut and Texas Pete hot sauce. They are not a sponsor of this show, but they are delicious items. (laughs) As well as uh, Hanes brand, which is, you know, like Hanes underwear. Also. Also, manufactured um, and here in Winston Salem, but as far as far as like actual like food, as in a destination, as in um, game changer, not really. Yeah. And so I didn't know how my dreams could be realized. Yeah. And I just made my own way. So there's no there's. Honestly, there's no one who does what I do. Yeah. So I've done it all. I've been um, a baker, a butcher, a server, um, a line cook, um, biscuit maker, (laughs) um, name it, I've done it. And I did it not because I wanted to, but I felt like I had to. Yeah. So, um. And the reason why I felt like I had to is because if you're going to talk about restaurants Mm -hmm. or the hospitality industry or anything that has deeply entrenched culture, you need to know that culture. You just can't come off the cuff and just say what you want to say. And then that'll be that. It was very important for me to have the foundation and the facts to back it up so i I went to east carolina university for undergrad yes and And as you're i want to pause real quick because i i don't want to miss this point that you made that i think is really important so as we think about the journey of being fearlessly made and we'll talk about this in in deeper context one of the things that i love is in embracing who you are and embracing the culture that you experience within yourself, but also around other people. And so Nikki, I love that you say to be good at what you do, you had to embrace other cultures and you had to really understand that. So before we go to the East Carolina journey, I kind of want to pause there. I think there's something important there because I think especially now we find ourselves in our country and, you know, across the world in a place where embracing each other is necessary for us to survive Um, and not to get super political or anything like that. But I just think there is such power and heart in what you just said. And I'd love to touch a little bit further on what that has looked like for you. So what does that journey look like for you in embracing other cultures and kind of expanding what your understanding is of different cultures? So in the, the food world, um, especially the hospitality industry, 
um, first of all, it's changing. Well, the whole world is changing. Yes. We are experiencing a cultural shift right now. I um, liken it to how our parents and grandparents went through the 60s and 70s and how, um, you know, civil rights and uh, women's rights and um, even now we're going through the same thing again. Yep, exactly. Again. And it was such an upheaval. Um, and this, the 60s was such a huge um, uh, turn of the tide yep. in a lot of different ways. And we're experiencing that now, but we've got technology on top of it. And we're also, we're more cosmopolitan now. Um, I don't know the percentage of people that have passports, but we're traveling. Yep. We, you know, it doesn't take 72 hours for news from one side of the world to get to the other it takes 72 seconds yes it's wild and being in the and being entrenched in the hospitality industry it's a whole nother world and it was not pleasant not pleasant in any way shape or form um the industry has been and still is largely white and male and toxic Mm -hmm. and entering into the industry knowing all three of those things and still trying to eke out a place for myself was difficult Mm -hmm. and this is me coming from so my my background so I grew up Catholic Mm -hmm. and I went to Catholic school uh grade school all all the way up so well there was a little hiccup in seventh grade which is a story (laughs) but I don't know if I want to share it on this podcast (laughs) that'll be another episode (laughs) that'll be the uncut version (laughs) (laughs) so all the way up I had Catholic friends and Catholic school in my Catholic bubble. I was the only black kid in my class until sixth grade. Wow. And yeah. And so in order to um, make sure I didn't lose my identity and that I could find out who I was, my parents were really good about putting me in extracurricular activities with other black kids. It was paramount because I probably would have lost myself and not or not even found myself even. And, and so, for people that don't know you too, because um, I know a lot of our Winston-Salem crew are going to be watching this and they're like, oh yeah, that's Nikki. For people that are just now being introduced to Nikki, let me tell you, there's no person that I've met in my life who is so innately aware of who they are, embrace it and do not apologize for it, which was one of the driving factors for why I wanted Nikki on Fearlessly Made You. Um, and, and we've talked about this because I think one of the things, too, for us is where we spent time as adults in Winston-Salem, it was Nikki and I. <laughs> we, we were the black friends. We were the, pepper, we were the pepper in the rice. We were. We were. The and pepper I love is that. the item Ooh. that seasons the whole pot. Yes, I you love know? that. And I want yes. you to keep going through, you know, your journey and what that looked like too, because that one statement, Nikki, I think is, is so important because it is so powerful and valuable that you were taught so early and, and I was as well, but the thing I liked, loved the most about you is you never wavered in who you are. And I went through a little where am I? Who am I? And I know that you probably did too, but it definitely being around you um, as an adult woman in my twenties and trying to figure it out was so powerful for me uh, because you helped bring me into the space of, nah, girl, 
own you because you always did. And I don't think I've ever told you that, but I very much appreciate you for that. So okay. please continue talking don't about tears. the pepper. I know. Don't tear, don't tear up. <laughs> over here. But it's honest so, and it's truthful. You know, I, I, a lot of times people will say, and this is just all people, you know, where does your confidence stem from? You know, mm-hmm. how do you, you know, know who you are? I, I remember being in my, late teens, early twenties, you know, college, um, not knowing really who I was and being jealous of people who were just walking around campus, you know, looking like they didn't have a care in the world. And they knew, they knew their style of fashion. They knew their favorite color. They knew where they were going, what they wanted to be, all of those things. It made me insanely jealous. Yeah. And these were in your East Carolina days when you were in college. I I didn't, I didn't know. And even um, I had a, right before I left ECU, um, I had a, I don't want to call it a nervous breakdown, but it was, it was a breakdown of some sort where I was nervous because, and nervous, anxious, all of those things, not excited. So the body doesn't um, differentiate anxiety from excitement and it feels the same to the body yeah but it was definitely all not those emotions yeah yes so as we are all growing up there was a formula the formula was go to school mm-hmm. or graduate high school go to college get a job get married have kids live the rest of your life right, right. okay so we didn't take that path <laughs> i tried to yeah because that's I was like, that's easy. That's easy. You know, I hate math, but give me a formula. I can work with it. Right. But all right, let's do this formula. Let's do this thing. And that formula was not working for me. Yeah. So I actually followed it as far as I could, but I jumped into a whole bunch of things. I feel like that weren't me. Yeah. They were the formula. Yeah. And I... I did go to school, which I love. I love school. I still love school. You and me both. Yes. That part. That part was great. That's cool. Graduate, get a job. Do that. That's fine. What kind of of job? Yeah. So I didn't know that you could have a job that you were passionate about. I didn't know that you could um, do something that you love. Yeah. I thought that you had to, honestly, I thought that you hate it was a prerequisite to hate your job before you even got to it. No one said you can do something that doesn't make you a whole bunch of money right off the bat. No one, no one said that. No one. And I kind of wish they had. I remember my sophomore year, I said to my roommate, I was like, hmm, I was an English major, by the way. And I did um, end up with an English degree. But I sophomore year, I said, what if I change my major to hospitality management so I could be around the food? Yeah. And my roommate said, go ahead, do it. And I said, who changes their major to something fun? Girl, and you know, 
I, and I want to, girl, so many things, first of all, <laughs> but let's, let's hold that because I think that also is a really good conversation piece into how your journey has transitioned to where you are now too, which is who changes their major to something fun, who changes their journey to something fun, because knowing kind of your journey before and then knowing where you are now. And I think I, I'm grateful to have that privilege to have known where you were previously. <laughs> um, I think the thing that that is so cool too is in the black community especially and you know we are black american i have the jamaican background and you know we have all of the different backgrounds but in the black community especially when you find what you can do that makes you money you stick with it because that was not the case especially in the south in North Carolina, which a lot of people don't realize was a very segregated area and still to a certain extent is, especially Winston-Salem. And so being there, growing up there, going to school, we both went to school in North Carolina, you find that stability because it is what people are like, yes, girl, you've made it. But making yeah. it and loving it. to success. Exactly. It's, and I use the air quotes, yep. pathway to success, because that's what our families and what our community wants for us. Yeah. Because we are the embodiment of their hopes and dreams. There's a, um, a quote. Um, I don't know who said it first, but I when I see other black queens like yourself, Christy, doing their thing, I always say you are your ancestors wildest dreams. Yes, ma'am. Yes. The, it's the truth. It is. Girl, let's I mean, cheers really to that, is. too. Like yes. I. Cheers. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. <laughs> we have to that part, mm -hmm. that part. Yes. yes. And keep that going because that's exactly it. Because we are. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I um, I am the granddaughter of a farmer's daughter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am um, actually deeply tied to Eastern North Carolina. Um, on my mother's side, my grandmother, she was the baby of 12 and she grew up on a farm. Um, she promised her father she was going to stay on the farm and she had older sisters and brothers who had moved away yeah. and her two next older sisters, they lived in Raleigh, which is the capital of North Carolina. Yeah. It was the big city. Yeah. And they told her, they said, you don't have to stay on the farm. You can move to Raleigh with us. And that's exactly what she did. And she very quickly actually got a job at one of the hospitals that my grandfather had got married, had children, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And she was a, a homemaker. And it wasn't until after her husband passed away that she became a nurse. And so she always wanted to be a nurse and she, you know, got to do that. But when I decided to go to culinary school, and start cooking professionally, it was excitement for my family. Yeah. Um, but, you know, oh, wow, you know, Nikki's a chef. Nikki's a chef, which also is one of those jobs that goes in line with teacher, lawyer, doctor right. that parents want for their children. Yeah. So my whole family, Nikki's a chef, Nikki's a chef. And deep inside my soul, I didn't feel like one. Yeah. And also on that, on that note, 
um, it's a misnomer that just because you cook food, you're a chef. Yes. So that's the word chef means chief. And in order, honestly, to be a chef, you have to manage other people. And unless you're managing other people, you're not really a chef. You're just a cook. I love and, that. Yep. But in my career and life, I have been a chef. The reason why I started to cook after culinary school is because it actually afforded me the chance to do fun, cool stuff like start my food blog, like travel. And it was um, a byproduct of my training. So a lot of people and they were like, oh, you're a chef. What restaurant do you work in? This is another corollary. So in the hospitality industry or even um, the (laughs) school to hospitality industry pipeline, Mm -hmm. there is no infrastructure that um, shows students and people at large that there are other careers in the food space that have nothing to do with a restaurant, nothing to do with slaving over a hot stove for 12 to 15 hours a day, 90 hours a week. They don't tell you that. And so that's the key too, is like, no one tells you, you got to find it. Yes. That's the key. And so when I was in school, I was, you know, Um, I would tell people all the time, especially my chefs and professors at school, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a food writer. And they were like, that's smart. Because part of the reason why a lot of those um, chef instructors were were teaching at the culinary school is because they were burnt out from their careers as chefs. They were done. They were crispy. And they were like, (laughs) well, I've got all this knowledge. Let me impart it to the young people. But the one thing that they did not care about were other careers that had nothing to do with a restaurant i mean they had me they had me thinking i wanted to work on a cruise ship they had me thinking i wanted to be a caterer knowing i didn't want to do any of those things and your skills are so beyond that too like your ability to connect with people your ability to engage with people um, and I love that you're mentioning kind of the travel piece because I want to dive into I want people to hear kind of the amazing experiences that you have had because one of the cool things with Nikki and I is with our traveling um, and as you guys know you know I've recently moved uh, to Atlanta so that I could travel a little bit easier and so we had not seen each other in person in years and we're in Atlanta airport at the same time and just like, we're like, whoop, and came back around. And we're like, girl, where you been? And so the cool thing that I love though, and I have the privilege of knowing some of the the cool things that Nikki has done, but what you are, to watch your excitement, to see this like light shine on as you're talking about, I found my path. You were able to use your English degree to help get you where you needed to because it was that stability. But, you know, we talk about that fearless existence of, you know, owning your fearless made you journey you were like that's not it there's so much more so you know enlighten our team and talk a little bit about some of the highlights of your journey because y'all are going to want to hear like it's amazing because I think it's a really cool way to kind of wrap around where you've been that journey in between and now where you are so so share a little bit about like where you are so um I've been a food blogger for 14 years now, 
Oh my when God. I first started blogging, it was just for fun, just to get out that creative kinetic energy that I had after graduating from culinary school. Yes. I got the job, yay, dream job, right? Um, working at the Greensboro News and Record, a daily um, newspaper. Um, I thought that that was going to be it. I don't know if you know anything about newspapers, but tides are turning and changing. Yep. Um, newspapers and newsrooms are not what they once were. Yeah. Um, I did have a lovely five year stint there, but while I was working, I started the food blog and again, just for fun. And then I don't know when the switch happened, but somebody turned on a switch and people started making money. And I was like, Oh really? Make money? Uh, food and rent? Okay. Wow. Plus money? Get out. <laughs> so I began to develop recipes and um, write and then social media. Social media has been a thing for a while, but um, got on Instagram, got on Twitter, um, started doing my thug fizzle on both of those. And I, I don't want to say overnight, but overnight I became an influencer, a, 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 a content creator. And it was a, so it probably feels like overnight, right? When things happen, but I watched it that. It, like, it was not overnight. Yeah. So that y'all know, like yeah. Nikki worked hard, 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 hard. And as she's talking about it, but I, it was so cool to watch her journey because I watched the steady increase of like, oh, and I'm here. Oh, and this food and wine wants me. And like, I'm like, okay, girl. But it was amazing so, to watch. Yes. So I, um, uh, essentially, I, I don't want to say I stopped um, producing things on my blog, but I kind of did because I wanted to focus on food writing and food writing specifically. Yeah. And so I um, actually... Being on Twitter, Twitter is an amazing thing. Yes, it's a hell site, but also <laughs> it's an amazing thing as well. And I got pitched to by an editor for foodandwine.com about a story about bacon grease. So what happened was um, this editor tweeted something about a bacon jar um, that you could buy online. And, and she was like, there's something not right about this. And I responded and I was like, yeah, a bacon jar, you can't buy it. It has to be something that's recycled, reused. Yes. Like, you know, it's like, you know, that's like, like a cultural touchstone. So she DM'd me and she was like, um, I would like to pitch you this story about the bacon grease jar. You're the only person that can write this. Are you into it? And I was like, food and wine? Absolutely. <laughs> so I wrote the story, turned it in, um, you know, got paid. Yay, excitement, right? Then the very next day, she came back to me. She said, um, I have another ask. We have an immediate need for a social media coordinator. Um, I love your social. I looked at your LinkedIn. You seem qualified. Are you into it? Can my boss do an email? And I said, yes. Three days later, I got the gig. Yes, ma'am, you did. The yes, gig was for, but, oh, I'm not finished. The gig was for 90 days, Oh, which is three months. That's it. Yeah, three yeah. months. Soon as I signed that contract, I said, oh, they messed up. I'm never leaving. <laughs> I never treated it like a contract yeah. job. I treated it like a real job. I was That's at every job. meeting, every message that came across my Slack. I responded within seconds. Like I was a 
beast. Okay. Yes. I love that. And I think that's a good point too, because one of the things I love about these conversations is cascading information to people, like sharing learning moments. I think that's a good learning moment. So if you weren't listening and paying attention, don't you treat your up incoming work as just a contract or something that is less than go at it full force because it's yeah. going to produce, well, as Nikki's continuing the story, so many amazing things. Yes. So while this is happening, my bacon grease story, it, it had the most unique views in April 2021. So basically, I was the most popular girl on the Internet in April 2021. Small thing. Small. And so my contract kept getting extended, 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 extended. And I kept doing all the social media. It was wonderful. It was amazing. Well, I'm not based in New York, as you all know, and long story short, I couldn't continue my role um, from sitting here in my lovely office in North Carolina. So they hired two people and they saw how invaluable I was and they were like, we don't want to lose you. We want to keep you. So they pretty much made a position for me. Yes. Yes, and I moved off the social team and moved to the editorial team and became an associate editor. And my job role changed completely, but I was still beasting it out, going to every meeting, doing all the things. So wine.com. let's be very clear as a reminder, like y'all, everyone, if you've ever Googled food, <laughs> if you ever Googled wine, like these are where this information is coming from, which is amazing. It's the oldest um, food publication in America. Yeah. It's the oldest and most respected. Um, it's, you know, yeah, people get food and wine and Bon Appetit mixed up all the time. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's basically the food magazine yes, of, yes. of America. And did and, this um, magazine afford you an interesting opportunity recently? Yes. So, <laughs> so Thanksgiving is basically the Super Bowl for people who love food or around food, know how to spell food. Right. So um, when it was time to come up with the Thanksgiving package for um, 2021, everybody got to put their ideas into the pot. And, you know, I put mine in. Actually, I put a couple in. Um, and I wanted to talk about macaroni and cheese. So the theme was Thanksgiving, but make it extra. Yes. And I thought, what's more extra than macaroni and cheese? So macaroni and cheese so pretty much all of us, it's ubiquitous. Like yep. we, you know, there's easy Mac. All you got to do is add water. Um, it's what you feed kids it's on the kids menu. It's the thing that we're always trying to make adult by putting bacon or truffles or something on it. Yep. But in general, in the black community, macaroni and cheese is on a pedestal. Yes. Actually, um, black folks were the ones who actually first made macaroni and cheese. Yep. Um, Thomas Jefferson's um, slave and chef, uh, Thomas, uh, not Thomas, um, uh, Hemings, um, first name is escaping me and I don't know why. That's okay. um, he came up with the recipe for mac and cheese. Well, anyway, 
mac and cheese is at every celebration. And on top of that, you just can't make mac and cheese on your own. You have to be appointed, appointed and anointed to make it, it for special. all of these holidays and celebrations. Yeah. If you make so, it, you better make it. <laughs> yes. So what I did was I wrote a uh, article about this macaroni and cheese and how important it is just in general yeah. and also to the black community. Developed a recipe that I've been making since I was 14 years old and food and wine actually um asked me if i wanted to make a video so i flew to new york and made a video making this macaroni and cheese and the recipe and the article well not even the article but the recipe was the sixth most popular recipe on the website yes, for the entire year of 2021 and it came out in november yes ma'am i mean yes ma'am talk about the pinnacle what? of not just making it but like excuse me please step aside <laughs> like, please Pretty step much. aside yes, yes. I mean, it was and still is to date the most spectacular thing I think I've ever done. I and it was the pinnacle. It was, yeah, at that time, the pinnacle of my career. And I'm still riding that high right now. As you should be. I mean. I, yes. Well, and Nikki, so, as we think about that too, because one of the things that, um, and you and I could continue to talk about this for, for days, but we'll, we'll start to kind of close out because I think that's a beautiful thing to kind of, to wrap our heads around and to wrap our time with is that riding that high and the pinnacle of that. I think what I would love to kind of get for you as a, as we've walked through this journey, we've seen where you've come from, we've gotten to this beautiful place of I'm here in this place of enjoying and being passionate about what I do my way. As you think about that, what is, as you're like giving knowledge nuggets to people, as you're helping them understand, this is my fearlessly made you journey. This is what I am owning. What is that one kind of lasting thought as you think about where you are now that you want people to understand about you, about what it means to be fearlessly made, about being in this space where you are right now? Take the leap, take the jump. I haven't always been fearlessly me. Um, I usually don't bet on things that I can't, that I know that I can't win. Oh. I usually only jump into things when I know I can land on top. Mm. Leaping while well, with my eyes closed has been one of the most eye-opening, humbling things ever. I don't always land, but when I do, baby. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yes. All it takes is one. It just takes one time to leap and land, and then you got it. Yeah. And it's yours to lose. It's yours to win. It's yours to give unto others if you feel like doing that. Yes, I love that. I think leap and land is huge. And 
as we close out our time, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, Nikki. I think one of the things I adore about you is your passion, your love, your effervescence, but just you being you, your authenticity as a strong, black, beautiful woman who is dominating in the food industry. And I say that broadly on purpose because you are dominating in an industry that was not made for you, but you made it for yourself. And I love that. And as you guys are taking those nuggets and taking that information, you know, I want to hold with Nikki is the associate editor at foodandwine.com. So don't forget that. Don't let that one step away from you. But also Nikki is someone who has continued to drive her fearlessly made you journey. And I want each of you to continue to do that as well. So as we close out this episode with Nikki, I want to say a huge thank you as well. We have a new partnership, which I'm so excited about um, that I've mentioned before, but wanted to kind of mention as well. We have a new partnership with Dillard's who has has helped uh, with my accoutrements and my ensemble. So thank you to Dillard's for being the partner for this episode in many episodes to come. And again, thank you to Nikki for sharing her wisdom, for sharing her grace. And thank you to all of you for joining Fearlessly Made You. Stay tuned for the next episode of Fearlessly Made You. 